0: Hello and welcome to this month's edition of Book Fact, Fiction and Fabulousness This is our last one for the year Can't believe it, we've managed each each month this year. This month we are going to be reviewing The Boy at the Back of the Class by Anjali Routh We're reading it in honour of Refugee Week which is going to be at the end of June Also this month we will be speaking to Mr Craig and Mr Hughes about their favourite books and bringing the whole thing full circle because we spoke to them last, last year Hopefully you enjoy this month's podcast
1: The Boy at the Back of the Class by Onjali Routh I'm glad that we finished with this book it's one that it won- It got a lot of press. It ended mm-hmm. up winning. I think was it was the Blue Peter Book Award. Oh, brilliant, yeah. It's a prize winner, and it's a bit. It's aimed at a bit of a younger uh-huh. age uh, range than we've been looking at mm-hmm. previously. But what a lovely story it is. And
0: actually, interestingly, when so I've been reading this book sometimes in school, and a couple of pupils have pointed and they go, "Oh, is that the boy at the back of the class?" So I think people do know of it, and I think a few people have ha- have read it in primary school. But it's such a good book, and I need to get better chat. I say this every month, but it's a very, very good book. So thank you for choosing it.
1: It left me with a smile on my face, mm-hmm. even though the subject matter is difficult. Yeah. So we chose this book, as you say, in honour of Refugee mm-hmm. Week, and it's about a wee boy, Amit, who arrives at the back of the class and everyone else in the class is wondering who he is and mm-hmm. how he came to be there. And we discover that he's a refugee from the war in Syria mm-hmm. and it's all about how he makes friends and mm-hmm. how what happens to him. But it's very much told from the point of view of other people in the class. So how would you describe the book in a single sentence?
0: Oh, uh, really hard to do. Um, so basically, I, I said a story of the importance of fighting for those you care for. I think, interestingly, the car- the main character, and we'll talk about why I'm calling the main character later, but the main character is really just such a curious character and develops a really good relationship with Amit really quickly, I think because of, of their acts of kindness. And... Even though they don't really know them, they don't know Amit that well, they find out snippets about their life, but they want to they want to protect them and they want to make sure that they're happy, and I just think that's really, really nice and really sweet. And also, the is the told from the perspective of a nine, nine-year-old child, which I really liked, actually, because I think they see the world in such simple ways and they manage to deal with the complex issues in such a deconstructed way. Way and also just makes you kind of think, why is this so complicated? This is it in black and white. We need to be doing more to help
1: people. But yeah, so I've rambled on a bit about that. How would you sum up it? Sum up in a sentence. I said it was a book about how putting yourself in someone else's shoes can change the world. Mm -hmm. So I I think I picked up on the same thing you did about fighting. Yeah, you know, for people that you care about, Mm -hmm. and um, it's true. Just what you said about sometimes I think adults make things more complicated than it needs to be. And having that point of view certainly being me as an adult thinking it isn't that complicated. Well, what, what do
0: you think of the title then? So the boy at the back of the class, what would you? What were your thoughts on it?
1: I found it quite a plain title mm-hmm. and long mm-hmm. as well. I think we've talked about that before, the fox girl and the white yep. gazelle, the kind of slightly longer titles. I liked it because it, it sounded a bit like a headline mm-hmm. and I thought it was quite interesting because I've been talking to classes about that this this week because this is the mm-hmm. book that we've been looking at yeah. um, about how sometimes you hear headlines or just snippets mm-hmm. and it sort of separates the human from... Mm-hmm. The story and from, from empathizing. Mm-hmm. And I think having a title like that where it does sound a bit like a headline and you don't know who the boy is or why he's there and then that's what the story's mm-hmm. for to sort of fill in the blanks and make you realise this is another human being. Yeah. yeah. What did you think of the
0: title? So I the main thing I thought for that when I heard it was just about isolation because I just um, when you read the first chapter where when Amit comes to the school and he's at the back of the class and everybody turns round turns around and stares at him and looks at him. And I can't imagine how terrifying that must be. But also like people don't really try to get to know him, they just kind of leave him at the back. So he's still kind of separate from the rest of the class. So it just made me think of the isolation. I also wrote down the usual intrigue and I was like, Oh, what does this title mean? <laughs> <laughs> so but I also think the fact that it's the boy at the back of the class is really important as well, because it is like what you said is about attachment and he's just a boy at this point, we don't know much about him but yeah, an an interesting title Okay, so next thing uh, what about characters, any standout characters for you?
1: For me it was a character who's hardly in it, Mm -hmm. you talked about the main character trying to be kind and Mm -hmm. do kind acts and one of the kindest acts in the book is that he tries to find a fruit that you can yeah. only find yeah. in or, or in, in one of the countries as the country mm-hmm. that I'm is from Syria, and they have to hunt all over mm-hmm. the main character, and their mum has mm-hmm. to look everywhere for this fruit, and it's it's quite an adventure, mm-hmm. and I like the way it's described, but when they oh. they eventually find someone who's able to help them, mm-hmm. and I just love the way that the writer describes them as a, a man with the heart of a king. Oh yeah, yeah, I just loved it, mm-hmm. and it just it made me think. Here's this main character who themselves is trying to be kind mm-hmm. and they meet kindness along the way. Yeah. And it shows you like at every turn, they're saying, Oh no, we don't have it or no, we can't help you mm-hmm. but then there's people saying, Why don't you try the next shop or the mm-hmm. next one? And he eventually finds it. So it's it's almost like the book in miniature mm-hmm. where it's kindness, but there also there's a fight to keep yeah. going. What about you? Who's your standout? Well,
0: actually similar kinda similar to what you're saying, someone who's it's actually the main character's mum. I really I really respect her honesty because the character as we mentioned is only nine years old and it is quite hard to understand some of the things that are going on in the world but she doesn't shy away from it so lots of adults will just say oh i'll tell you later or just try and try and fob the characters off but the mum takes the time to explain it simply but also honestly as well which i really like and also she's not patronizing at all and she explains things really clearly and the main character responds really well to it and Uses that knowledge that they gain in order to do to do good. So I think the mum has a, a lot to. Also, she she works in a library too. So I, I was know, like, oh, it's
1: another Yay! character, a librarian. I feel like I've not done this <laughs> to I promise. And no, I, I, I was even like, Miss McLean, <laughs> give me library books all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but I know a, a nice one to finish. Her. Yeah, but it's true. She has conversations yeah. rather than you know mm-hmm. fobbing off or a one way street. Mm-hmm. Did you have a memorable moment?
0: Yeah, I feel like I tend to go for memorable moments that seem to involve violence. <laughs> I feel like I've done this before. So there's a character Character in the book called Brendan the bully. Love the alliteration. Love the plosive. But he is quite he's a bit slippery. So he's very nice to the teachers, but is really horrible to all the pupils. And he is horrible to Amit and Amit's friends, t- choosing to destroy something that's really, you know, important to important to them. And yeah, and Amit just loses it and uh, attacks him and beats him up. I think the first thing for me was, I wrote down, it was really unexpected because Amit's so quiet and, you know, just very shy and very, seems very timid, but it just shows that, you know, he was driven to a point where he was just like, nah, enough's enough. Obviously, do not condone violence at all, of course, but I kind of get why he did it because the boy was just being so horrible and it was constant. It wasn't like this was a first time offence as well and I kind of, I kind of get why he did it. But also just quite like the reaction of people. The rest of the class sort of see him as a bit of a hero because he finally stood up to the bully that nobody else could stand up to. Him, so I really like that.
1: So what about you? What about your standout moment? What would you say? Right, without giving the game away, it's got to be the most memorable changing of the guard in front of Buckingham Palace <laughs> that there's ever been. And I won't say any more, but it's definitely worth reading the book for it.
0: <laughs> I think there's also a depiction of it as well in in the book as well. Oh, well, that actually leads nicely onto wild cards. So my wild card for this i really love the illustrations in the book because they're so cute they're just really nice i haven't read a book with illustrations for so
1: long but they are lovely really, really nice that's one of my things as well as getting to fit in the book with the illustrator mm-hmm. i love like them um, because there's so, so many different styles as well and you're right it's mm-hmm. it, there's not tons of them the yeah. illustrations but the ones that are are just yeah, very mm-hmm. fun mine i think is i know we touched on this mm-hmm. before we started recording the the podcast but it is quite unusual isn't it that we don't know the name Mm -hmm. of our main character so this is why we keep calling the main character the main character and I I don't know I wondered if that sort of tied in with the title Mm -hmm. and about the fact that you know showing that we actually can have empathy for people Mm -hmm. whose names that we don't know because you're right in the I voice the first person voice you're right in the main character's Mm -hmm. shoes thinking what they're thinking doing what they're doing and by the end of it, I very much felt like I knew that person Mm -hmm. really well even though I didn't know their name so I couldn't think of very many other books for children that did yeah. the same thing. No, I'm struggling
0: with that too. But I think it is quite effective, though. I, it actually, I think it took me a long time to realise that I didn't know the character's name yet. But I think that's like a sign of good writing because I didn't really care because I was just like I'm just with them on their journey and finding out what's what what's going on with
1: them and taking them through their or going through their experiences with them too. So it does remind me of that thing where you don't know someone's name and mm-hmm. then you suddenly realise you, you, yeah. you they told you <laughs> yeah. at the beginning, you forgot because I flipped to the back and the front of the book thinking oh, it must have been mentioned yeah. at some point but that thing in real life where you suddenly think well, I don't know this person's okay. name but you can't flip to the front <laughs> of the book to find I know, out what I know. it was. <laughs> but, yeah.
0: Well, I think overall a really good book, again, uh, we obviously say this as well but it is good, it's an excellent book I also just think it's really topical as well with everything that's going on in the world just now I think it's a really important book to read I think just in terms of Understanding and seeing a different perspective, because I think what I quite like about this is that you have the perspective of people who do not have the empathy. Like for example, actually, there's a really shocking moment where there's a teacher in the book who's, or I think it was a teacher in the book who was saying, "Oh, we're talking about refugees and saying they should be sent back where they came from and bloody blah, blah, blah." and This horrible rhetoric that we seem to hear everywhere. I do think just given everything that's going on, it's worth a read and something that we should we should be reading. Right, so it's time for your favourite section because you don't like to say it,
1: but what are you reading? <laughs> I'm reading a uh, Stephen King book, but it's a non-fiction book oh, that okay. he wrote called On Writing, where he wrote everything he knew about creative writing mm-hmm. in this book. And I love it because anyone who's read Stephen King before will know that his voice is immediately... You feel like you're talking to a friend mm-hmm. when he's writing to you and he, he writes his non-fiction book in the same way. And it makes you feel like writing a short story of your own mm-hmm. or a novel of your own isn't something pie in the sky and Mm -hmm. really complicated. It it is hard work, but Mm -hmm. you can get there and here's how you can get better. I just absolutely love it. I've read it many times before and this is the first time I've read it for for ages but I think I told you Mrs. McCarthy I spotted I've had this book I don't oh. know how, how long and there's a corgi a dog in the front of the jubilee. Of the cover. <laughs> no, and it was right at that time that I started picking it up so it was a nice kind of coming together of things nice. I think. Yes. What you're reading just now?
0: Uh, so I'm still on Hamilton however i I've almost finished it. It's really good. I'm used to I'm now used to being in the present tense. So I've got over that. The interestingly the second part of the book is it doesn't have chapters which I was because I usually like to when I'm reading I'm like right I'll set myself a goal I'll get to the end of this chapter before I go to sleep or whatever but there's no chapter so I'm like ah what do I do so it's been an interesting experience I sound like I'm a creature of habit when it comes to reading I'm just like what is this first person what (laughs) but no it's, it's excellent and it's it's really sad, like, it's really upsetting, but it's, it's it's excellent. What about what you watching?
1: Well, Like you, I'm still on the same thing I was watching mm-hmm. the last time we chatted, so Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but I am many, many episodes <laughs> down from where I was before, and I just, I love the characters even mm-hmm. more than I did the last time I talked to you, and I can already, I've got a few seasons to go, mm-hmm. and I know there's a new one there yep. that dropped uh, recently, but I am going to be so upset when it ends, because just a brilliant show, so good, and I hear that it's Consistently good. I all love the way it, to yeah. The end. what Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what I did watch at the weekend as well. I watched the film The Sixth Sense.
0: Oh. Which yeah. came out 20 yeah. odd years ago,
1: <laughs> but um, I was watching it with someone who'd never mm-hmm. seen it before. And for those of you who don't know, it's got a twist in it. And it was just nice watching it with someone who didn't know what the Wait, twist so they was. Did... Wait. How could you? How? how, how what? <laughs> they how didn't could... know the twist. Nope. Do they live under a rock? Yeah. What's with that? You <laughs> know, how you could go 20 years without knowing what the twist in that film that's, was, but there okay. are still, still people out there. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: wow, that's that's amazing. Uh oh, but Brooklyn nine nine though is just so good. Have you have you seen Encanto?
1: Yes, I Do you have. know
0: I love that Stephanie Beatrice is the, just the two opposite ends of the spectrum with Mirabel and then with Rosa. Um, Couldn't be more diametrically opposed. It's incredible. If <laughs> you ever? If you, you see her in interviews because she's just so different. Like from I just I love it. She's one actress. She's so good. Well, I'll need to look. to look up. I did know that she'd done both, and yeah. I thought,
1: wow. This, her character's
0: so different. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing. But yeah, I need to finish. I I I'm a few episodes behind in the new series, but I'll need to catch up in the next couple of days.
1: What are you watching just
0: now? Oh, well, you're going to love this because it's Stranger Things. That's
1: right, So you
0: You're saving it for summer, yeah? I am, I am. I kind of wish I'd saved it for summer. I just kind of binged it all in one weekend. It's so good. People, I, I've been hearing kind of mixed things about the length of the episodes. I couldn't care less about the length of the episode. Give me all of the Stranger Things. Do not hold back. It's just, I love it. This series is great. What I love the most about it is comparing where the child actors are now. See, looking at them in series one to now, they're just so grown up. I know that happens, like people grow.
1: (laughs) I suppose we shouldn't be surprised in a school, but I know what you mean. It's
0: it's Mike. Mike. I'm just like, what happened to you? Like, he was so tiny before, and now he's just like a big, big adult. Like, it's so weird. (laughs) It's so good. The monster this series is terrifying, and there's also when something bad's going to happen, you hear this clock chiming, and it is the most. It's it's horrible like I'm thinking about right it now it's actually giving me chills like ugh. it's so good and I can't wait for part 2. I think I'm going to binge them all, like series one, all the way back to four in, in time for part two coming out. And when does part two come out? Uh, I think the start of July. I'm on holiday. Oh, no, I'm on holiday. We <laughs> <need> ready to wait. <laughs> um, I can't wait, though. And I think um, the last two episodes I was reading are about four hours total. So mm-hmm. one episode is, I think, one episode is an hour and a half hours, two and a half hours long. I mean, yeah.
1: I'm, two I'm and a half hour episodes. Don't care. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Don't care. Don't care. Don't care. <laughs> give me it all. <laughs> but yeah worth watching for sure oh it? it's on my list for the summer i can't wait what a duo to finish our podcast mm-hmm. thank you both so much mr craig and mr hughes have joined us for our uh, june's podcast welcome
2: thanks for having us
1: i also feel like
0: we've come full circle because this time last year we were on your podcast promoting our podcast and yeah now you're on ours so exactly nice. i know
3: i know and you guys have Every month have yous had that? Yeah, I think without, so. Without fail, which is more consistent uh, than us.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Mr. House, we are asked the questions, you've went into presenter mode here. I was going to say this is strange. But oh, no, the same I know, I, I was actually... You've we been straight into no, mode here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just you're answer answering it. the questions, you you're down,
3: in the hot seat. right down, here. <laughs> uh,
0: We're here to ask you a bit about books. I know we talked about books last last year can't believe we're seeing last year last year on know. your podcast yeah. but yeah this time we thought we'd ask you a little bit about what what you enjoy reading so like it like it off with the questions i think so same question for both of you yes. So we'll see how we get on yeah i know how yeah this will be interesting what, what are you reading just now then
2: so the book <laughs> I'm reading just now it's called Bruhaha, and it's by Ardlo Hanlon. Love mm. him. Oh, and people probably know is that the best. Guy from as... Thet? Yes. Oh, yeah. Dugald. from *Father Ted*. *Father Ted* my favourite programme. Yeah. Or do you remember him in *My Hero*? Do you remember mm-hmm. my yeah, Hero? I remember that. Yeah, yeah I don't remember. It was my dad said that he had read an article about how he basically. I think he's wrote a book before this, mm-hmm. but I've not read that. He had this sort of sitting and it was on and off the boil. And even into, and then it was after he was recently in Derry Girls. And it was something around that time or something around when he was asked to be in that time in lockdown and coming out of lockdown, and all of that. And he just says, Right, I'm going to get it done. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to that. So I'm quite enjoying it. Not really what I would really listen to usually or read to, it, but I <laughs> do listen to. I think both of us listen to. <laughs> no, no, no I'm Ridge a big reader now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm enjoying it. It is, it's good. It's different because he. Didn't, he's narrating it on the audiobook and you're so used to him playing that one character. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went to go see him in stand-up one time and he said that people expect him to be Dougal from Father mm-hmm. Ted and whenever he actually is able to articulate <laughs> what he's like, what he wants to and speak, folk are actually taking aback. back. So it's quite funny hearing <laughs> that voice of what you're used to, but he's actually reading a very well-thought-out book.
3: Okay, right, I'm reading a book called 4,000 Weeks, which is based on the idea that the average human being has 4,000 weeks. But when you say to people, how long do you think 4,000 weeks is? Years? usually to go 10, 20 years or something like that. That's 80 years. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's the average. So everybody has 4,000 Saturday nights, roughly, on average. 4,000 <laughs> no. 4, Monday mornings, right? So the, the concept of this book is that, you know, that's actually not that long. You know, when you actually think, especially if you're younger, you've got eternity mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. So it's a sort of self-help book blended with, a sort of like philosophical outlook on life and what i've really liked about it so far is you know i've when i was a bit younger in my 20s i used to kind of read these sort of self-help books like or life guide books like you know the 5am club or you know the power of habit there's a whole market on these books now about how to become successful and what actually is successful, and how to be an effective professional or whatever you're doing or whatever. You know, I, I found that those books were quite unrealistic a lot of the time. Mm, yeah, I've found that as so. well. Yeah, and they they didn't really s- say much to me about the way that I want to live my life. This book does, right? So it's it's a it's a different look on how to go about living your life. I mean, it's written by a guy called Oliver Berkman who basically uses his own life experience and, and wisdom of trying to live that sort of... He basically described himself as a guy that had to-do lists and he bought highlighters and, you know, he lived a very structured life and he just sort of realised that, you know, as he got into his sort of mid age after having kids and stuff, that that's not actually what life's all about. It's not necessarily about being the optimum version of a human being that can be super at your career and, you know, a high-flyer and whatever else. So it's a self-help, life-coachy type book with a realistic edge on it. That's what I've really liked about it so far. I'm only two or three chapters, chapters into it. That's what I really like about the book, in particular so I'm looking forward to finishing it off mm-hmm. and see what it
1: comes up, comes up with at the end interesting. Oh, uh, well I yeah. hope the moral is never use highlighters because I'm
0: <laughs> I'm in trouble <laughs> I, know, I, I know you were saying that and I was
1: like I have so many yeah. packs
0: I've got pastels I've got every every kind of highlighter under the sun I love them Maybe can I, need ju- to can I just say for the it...
3: record I'm still a huge fan of highlighters <laughs> because I like my students to use highlighters yep. on their notebooks and stuff so <laughs> I'm
2: not writing off highlighters no, at all. <laughs> so,
1: right what about the book that you give as a gift
2: well, the book that I got, I remember, I sort of thought about this in two different ways. The book, the first book I got as a gift it was Animal Farm, George Orwell Animal oh, is... Farm. I got that from my 18th and that would be probably, for someone that age that's into politics and stuff like that, that would definitely be a book that I would pass on. Or another one is Prisoners of Geography, which we read sort of at the same time in the department. Mr yeah. Satie's got copies of it. And i think both of them especially because prisoners of geography talks it t- it's basically talks about the lines that divide the world and how that impacts current politics and past politics and there was a whole chapter on the energy that russia had and that was obviously before the current situation mm-hmm. in ukraine i wouldn't have known half the stuff but like that's influenced how i think about this current goings on in the world just now sort of thing so i think both of them, one helped me sort of structure my sort of views, and the other one just is really, really informative, and it's mm. dead easy to read. Like, I did read, I know I said that I listened to books quite a lot, I did actually read that, and it was dead easy to read, and I'm not that big a, like, a reader. Um, what's that? Listener. Massive listener, <laughs> not a big reader, but... um but yeah, I would probably say that was it was informative, but in a kind of like a nonchalant sort of way, like it was just sort of like it, it sort of you just take stuff in without really realizing it. So. I would probably give both of, both of them if I'm allowed to Can I, take, oh, can I give definitely two? Definitely give two, yeah, <laughs> yeah the price of one. Nonchalant, that's the <laughs> word of the podcast like, <laughs> Just I'm not trying to Mr to Webber are
3: you? You <laughs> to expand my vocabulary Yeah, you yeah. are sure off The book that I would give <laughs> as a gift I have never given a book as a gift to like another adult or whatever I, I've thought about it a few times but I've never actually did that I bought my kids books though and that's what I'm doing a lot of at the moment so I get my kids, I try and buy them books I try and take them into the book shop into Waterstones and Silverburn for example and just like hang around the kids book section mm-hmm. and see what they like and what they like the front cover of and I try and read the blurb to them and all that sort of stuff so the most recent series of books that I bought my wee boy was a sort of football There's there's four or five of them and I've just been sort of reading them to mm-hmm. him at night time and try and get him him to read some of the pages because he's He's in mm-hmm. primary one, coming to the end of primary one, and he's starting to read himself. The other thing I've written down here in my, my notes is Audible, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I think I, I've got a lot of people listening to Audible.
2: Not that I've given the gift of Audible. <laughs> well, it's a gift. It's I a gift I did giving give the gift of Audible. <laughs> I did got you? my dad for that, that for his mm-hmm. birthday one year. I got him, I yeah. think, six months of Audible. Oh, and wow. that, so well, there he's no subscribed, so I, I didn't know you could do that. Mm-hmm. A, you can buy Yeah is it tokens
3: or something yeah, so you can buy credits credit. credit, so I think I bought mm. six credits or yeah. a credit a month mm-hmm. or something like that I think we should burn commission for audio because <laughs> I, I reckon I've got you know, friends and family listening to audio books and stuff like that now in a way that you know, maybe people that wouldn't have read books mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. they're engaging with it now so I would say that probably is my biggest gift of literature if you like mm-hmm. yeah. I would say that
1: definitely counts mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely
0: <laughs> take yeah. that Um, So, what about your earliest reading memory, then? What do you you remember?
2: My earliest (laughs) reading memory is probably quite late, (laughs) to be honest, and it was actually an S4, Mm -hmm. and it was a divided city, and I had to write a book report, and I wasn't, I didn't want to write a book report, (laughs) so I was dragging it out. I got swine flu. (laughs) Oh, I remember that. Yeah, so, when swine flu was a thing, and I got swine flu, and I was basically laid up in bed, and I had a really strict English teacher, and there was no like there was no extensions and no excuses <laughs> oh and i literally God. had swine flu. i remember <laughs> sitting feeling horrible reading this book that i didn't want to read but then i actually quite enjoyed the book oh, it? about, yeah, it's yeah, yeah it's so lovely. it's obviously about mm-hmm. uh, glasgow and celtic and rangers mm-hmm. and stuff like that so it sort of appealed to me in the end i sort of enjoyed it at the, well i didn't enjoy it at the time but i do i did enjoy the content of it sort of thing but yeah, that's maybe. But then I thought maybe that's it traumatized me, and that's why I only listen to books <laughs> and not read books. It makes me think of Swainfleet. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Just reminding me of a wee story that I, I had the same situation in higher English. There was something called the RPR. Back then, uh, oh, in the... what was, no, that? That was, before was oh, this before? Yeah, I know. <laughs>
0: is that, was it like a personal study type thing? You had yeah, to read, a book and you then read the book yeah. and then you wrote
3: a big essay yep, yep, on it, yep, basically. Yep. Right? So, I chose a book called Brighton Rock, which mm-hmm. is pretty famous, but I didn't read it right. So, I had to write an essay on it. I still passed my higher English, by the way, but I just read like wee bits of it and stuff. <laughs> and there was, a, there was a website called Spark Notes and oh, stuff. Oh, the Spark Notes. Right, so don't must get me Yeah, 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 you, you must hate, hate that website. Um, but anyway, the funny part of it is, is I remember one night at like 11 o'clock at night as I was supposed to be reading this book I was watching TV in my room and and Brighton Rock came on the TV (laughs) and I I was like this is jackpot and I was going to make that classic mistake of just watching the movie it came on after about 15 minutes, I fell asleep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's
3: how I couldn't even watch the film, never mind read the book. That's a, that's a terrible story, really, really, so I shouldn't be saying that on the book player podcast, but I managed to pass my higher English, so that was nice. fine. But on a more positive note, my first reading memories probably when I was seven or eight years old. I was given a book by my uncle, I think, called Ryan Giggs' Soccer Skills, mm. right, and um It was like he was like the sort of main football player at the time. He played for Manchester United, and the book was all about tips and hints on how to do tricks. It was all about tactics, brills on it. It had little methods to improve your like almost like graphics. Graphics that's what it had. And I would go out my back door and I would set these set set me cones up and dribble around stuff with the book. So that's probably my first ever, and I remember having that book for ages and ages, and still re- looking at it for years. That's probably my first ever experience of like reading mm-hmm. a book and like kind of using a book to.
1: Yeah. Oh wow! You know, you know That reminds <coughs> me of uh, Marcus Rashford writes about the same yeah. thing, and he he said he had this book and he just went oh, really? worked right through yeah. it um, when he was you know doing his training. But yeah. when when he wasn't training with the team, this is what he was doing. Yeah. And he said that's mm-hmm. one of his early experiences is using a book for yep. something. That I remember the it. spine
3: was all kind of tethered on it um, because I'd used it so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wish I wish I ended up like Marcus Rashford. <laughs> 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 no, no.
0: My question is though: Did you ever finish Brighton Rock?
3: No, no, <laughs> I, I, I've never finished Brighton Rock. and I still feel bad about that, and I've still got the book.
0: That's Summer reading it. challenge. In the, <laughs> they go right.
3: And the spine of the book is not tattered. It's, it's pristine.
2: I should have seen that film, and I don't. I don't think I was impressed by it. So maybe go for the book. I'm going to. I'm, I'm going to actually. No, I'm going to make
3: live on the book player <laughs> podcast a commitment. <laughs> the ultimate <a> pledge. commitment <laughs> pledge to reading Brighton Rock before the end twenty twenty two, and not listening to it. Okay. Reading it. Oof, okay. Okay. What, are we going to
1: hold you to that? Yep. Right. <laughs> there you go. There get you get go. back on. <laughs> well, this leads on really nicely because I was about to ask you about the book that you haven't got around to reading yet. So I don't know if you've answered that question or anything. Yeah, we'll, we'll just put that down. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Mine's is the Da Vinci Code or any of those Dan Brown's series because the films Angels and Demons and all yep. of that. I love that. I'd like to, like we've just sort of mentioned, the film's not as good as the book usually, so if I like the film, I want to get around to. Kind of, the one I'd never got around to was Harry Potter, but then I talked to you about that Mm -hmm. last year, was that Mm -hmm. I did get around to, because of Audible and lockdown basically, and so now it's the Da Vinci Code the next oh, step really for me sense. but I, think, I feel that's like a huge commitment if I mm. start the Da Vinci Code so yeah. I need to find maybe need another a lockdown for that to be honest <laughs> with you
0: well to finish off then so what would you say is your favourite book? Well,
2: I
3: might go first on this one go. Uh, I, I know this one quite clearly so I think I spoke about this on the last when you guys were on mm-hmm. um, our podcast and uh, I actually put it in the book flicks for this month No Mean City so that was the first I suppose proper book that I read when I was a teenager, when I was in sixth year I think it was. About 17, 18, uh, the first sort of proper fiction book that I couldn't put down, it was a like page turner and all that, about uh, the Gorbals in the 1920s and about gangs and life back then. Loved it, and uh, quite a few of my friends get into it as well, so we were actually like talking about books and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, talking about the book, and passed it to each other and stuff, so I always say to the pupils now that like, the especially the fifth and the sixth year pupils that I've got, if I'm trying to engage them in reading after, like a lot of the boys might shrug their shoulders and say, you know, I'm not really into reading or whatever. I recommend that book mm. because it really did hook me in at that age and opened me up to books in general. First time, I think I said this before, but the first time that I realised books were kind of cool, it was a, that sort mm. of book. That probably will, will be my favourite book of all time. But fi- I, th- I think fiction is something I want to get into mm-hmm. more, you know, because I'm sure there's a lot of good books out there.
2: I think means would probably be maybe the last Harry Potter book mm-hmm. or the Godfather. I loved that; I literally oh, couldn't mm-hmm. put that down. I absolutely <laughs> loved that. So, but I think the last Harry Potter f- book because it was getting there, sort of thing. So I'd had to read the full the full series to get there. So that last one was like a bit of an achievement to get to that point. Was a bit of a milestone, sort <laughs> of thing. So, how, how many Harry Potter's are there? Seven, you know, it's, it's seven yeah. of them. Because the other thing is that the last book is split into two films, mm-hmm. which is just money making more than anything else, <laughs> I think. But it was good to see it all the way through mm-hmm. and like it. There wasn't that break and all that sort of thing. Because um, you feel as if the first film's dragged out because they need to make a film out of just introducing the second film. So to just see it right the way through it was, mm-hmm. was great. Y- you know what book series that I've read?
3: I think it's about 45 or 50 of. <laughs> Mr. Men. <laughs>
0: oh. <laughs> Mr. I was so intrigued that mis- it
3: possible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't It what it's going to be <laughs> Not big thick books like Harry Potter oh. uh, No I've read them I've probably read each of those books Half a dozen times They're amazing books oh. I love them so much. They're, great for, they're great for two and three year olds By the way every mm. night mm. They really are genuinely good Shout out to Mr Strong That's my favourite one of them <laughs> Well that men. was my
1: next question Was going to be who's your favourite yeah. uh, Mr, Mr. Mr. Strong or Mr. Mr Bump Mr mm-hmm. Bump yes. yeah, I've got
3: a soft spot um, for Mr Bump Little mis- Mischief but absolute classics. Oh, are. Mm-hmm. And classics they... of their time. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, they are. and you've got to be able to read them over and over and over again. Yes. I think they stand <laughs> yeah, up to yeah, that. Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: I could probably just write a few of them just from mm-hmm. from from my head. Mm-hmm. That's how much I've read them. Imagine the money in it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly,
0: Julia Dawson, who's on the wall over there, actually, yep, she's mm-hmm. she's doing very well with children's books. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: that's mm-hmm. a, that's a huge market now, isn't mm-hmm. it? I mean, the Harry Potter series, obviously, that's that's that whole franchise has made billions mm-hmm. of pounds and. New authors like David Williams and getting into the whole children's books sector seems to be quite a thing to do these days.
1: I think so. it's such a powerful thing, I think, yeah. to write yeah. a book that captures the imagination yep. of children yeah. and young people. I don't yeah. know that I could do it if I set out and tried yeah. to. It's the only thing I'd to love to be able to, but yeah. I want to write something really, really good. Like mm-hmm. well, one thing
2: about basic. that, the Harry Potters, is I feel as if you were to start at around 10 and read one a year, it would be for your level, yeah, if that yeah, makes sense, yeah, so I feel as if it does get a wee bit level. more adult and darker mm-hmm. as the time goes on, mm-hmm. so like I think if you were like 10 or 11 and read them all in a mm-hmm. year, and maybe wouldn't be like as impactful as mm-hmm. like, I think it's basically for that stage sort yeah. of thing, so if you need one a year starting mm-hmm. at 10 or 11, yeah. it really does suit that sort of stage. Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: fantastic, I've so yeah, enjoyed well,
2: having you, you both much. on, yeah.
1: thank you. This has be <laughs> yes, brilliant. Yeah. Nice to have you on. Thank
2: you very
3: much for having us.
1: Magic. And that's it for this school year. We really hope you've enjoyed Book Bleather, Fact, Fiction and Fabulousness and we'll be back after summer with even more episodes. Until then, keep sharing stories.